1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Trade Cast brought to you by Roto Viz Radio. I'm your host, Nathan Powell, and today I am joined by my good friend, my co host, Dan Senyo. Dan, we record this on Monday night. Uh, people will be listening to this on Tuesday.
2: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from 4.99, logo styles from 16.99 and jeans from 19.99. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at gapfactory.com.
1: We are only a couple days away from the NFL draft. Are you excited?
3: Oh yeah, it's hard not to be excited. It's that time of year. That's this is, you know, all of us, all all the lunatics. This is kind of what we live for and then You know the the only reason I get even more excited about it is because that means that rookie drafts are are right around the corner. And last week we talked about the we did the rookie mock matrix, and this this week we're going to um, we're going to follow it up with round two.
1: Yes. So the only thing more exciting than the NFL draft is our rookie mock matrix that we did start last week, round one, just to give you a bit of a recap. It was one Saquon Barkley. Two DJ- oh, actually, just to recap, in case you didn't listen to last week's show, the Rookie Mock Matrix was a combination of the 2018 and 2019 rookie draft classes. And so the first 12 picks went as follows. One, Saquon Barkley. Two, DJ Moore. Three, Nikhil Harry. Four, Nick Chubb. Five, Darius Geis. Six, on Johnson. Seven, AJ Brown. Eight, DK Metcalf. Nine, Sonia Michelle. Ten, Cortland Sutton. 11, Hakeem Butler, and 12, Miles Sanders. So that's where we left off last week. And it's important to note that before we get into today's show, I'll let you all know that as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off the Rotaviz NFL pass for the 2019 season. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. The 2019 season is around the corner. Make sure you're ready. Gain limited access to all of our NFL content on all of our NFL content tools. I can't read today. So you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotaviz.com slash podcast.
3: All right, hold on. Let let, let me give you, you gave, let me give your mouth a little bit a little break, so you don't have to read uh, as much for just a few minutes here. Maybe not a few minutes, maybe like ninety seconds. Um, we got a little bit of news. Which uh, last time we had news, it was uh, sad news. We <laughs> didn't want to give that news, but we had to. We had to. We got to give the people what they want, uh, even though that news wasn't the best of news. Uh, we've got some good news. You know, we went out for looking for some help. Um, And we were fortunate enough to find somebody. So last week's episode was actually edited uh, by this gentleman. So uh, I'd like everyone to give a nice warm welcome to the newest member of the Dynasty Tradecast, our editor, Justin Peake. Good friends with Nathan, I think, has a few leagues together and whatnot. Um, I look forward to the working relationship very much. And make sure you go and follow him on Twitter because he is a part of the Dining Straight Cast team. Now that's at F. That's P-E-E. Wait, two E's. P-E-E-K-F-F. Uh, and just give him a nice warm welcome. We we uh, we appreciate you guys being here with us. And we're really happy to have Justin along board and, and doing great work with us. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited.
1: And also shout out to our listeners actually listening to us because we, we put out that advertisement, uh, help wanted sign. And uh, Justin came like the next day saying, hey, I'm interested in giving it a shot. Gave it a shot last week and now he's officially part of the Tradecast team. All right. Now let's get into the show. Uh, so <laughs> where did we leave off? Who is up next in our pick? Let's see if I can find it. Thank you? It's me. I'm up first. So with the 201 pick in the rookie mock matrix, the combination of the 2018 and 2019 classes, I will select a guy who some people thought could be the 101 in the 2019 class. Not Neither Dan or I, but still the 201 in the rookie mock matrix, Joshua Jacobs running back Alabama. I'll, I will say from the beginning of this process, I've been an ardent disbeliever in, in Joshua Jacobs. I've not been a fan of him at his early first round type price tag, but at this price, I think it's a little bit more palatable. It's after the big four wide receivers are off the board, as far as the 2019 wide receivers. And at this point, basically, he's the he's the one who's most likely to have first round draft capital after after the draft on Thursday. So the combination of the you know the high draft capital, the the touch that'll get along with that, and you know the, the Alvin Kamara comps that were happening earlier, earlier this offseason, all those things lead me to say Joshua Joshua Jacobs is a good value at this pick.
3: Yeah, and, and uh, I mean the the most like the likely move for him to go in the first round. Obviously, he's going to be at the NFL draft, uh, so you kind of have to put that a little bit in there. And obviously, once we see where he does go, um, that's going to change some people's minds. A lot of people are mocking him to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, seems to be an extremely popular uh, spot, which that would probably be a little bit enticing. I mean, they kind of already have someone that basically does what Jacob does, just not as high of a level with Jalen Richard. So. Um, I I think, I think he's very intriguing, obviously coming out of Alabama, the, they only bring in the best, um, the big concern for me, obviously, and it gets talked about, you know, it's probably beaten, beaten a dead horse at this point, but, um, you know, the, the usage it's, it's not great. Um, no really true breakout, uh, which, you know, at Alabama, you're going to have a whole bunch of guys going all, you know, all the time. And. The the tough part for me was he was kind of I mean he was third fiddle. You had Damian Harris who basically did everything. You had Najee Harris who did quite a bit, and then Jacobs just kind of took what he could get. And and you know he looked good. Uh, he flashed in some primetime games, which I think really is what brought all of the all of the craziness about. I think that one play against Oklahoma where no one. Knows how to tackle and like dove out of the way, and he trucked a <laughs> defensive back that was on his heels. I, I mean that that one seemed to be the one that kind of put the name on the board. I think he, I think he'll be a good uh, pass catcher. I think he'll be uh, be good in that role. So I can understand the Alvin Kamara type comps, um, but I saw a lot more as a runner from Alvin Kamara than I do uh, from Jacobs. I'm not saying he's bad by any means or, or even mediocre. I, I think he's probably average or just above average at at that, but I, I think he'll really excel in the in the passing game and I think any team that gets him will will probably push him towards more of that role, which you know we we just watched Alvin Kamara do it and but he's you know in one of the more prolific offenses. So if you know if Jacobs goes someplace like KC or uh you know whatever everybody says go to KC but you know what I mean if he gets to a spot where he's gonna have high volume I I think that makes him really intriguing and I think he skyrockets up I don't think he'll be 101 for me at any point um, but that would probably get him in that top two or three consideration since I think he's really the only running back that has a chance to go in the first um but there's so much that can happen between now and draft day and and, and, you know even after that you know if he goes to a team that's got a whole bunch of guys already it's possible it's happened before the last thing you want to do is is slide into the mid-second or something like that and go to a team that's got a clogged roster it's just it's hard to to put a, a finger on that one right now i think i think he's the toughest for me to place in the class
1: yeah, for sure, he has a, a wide range of outcomes, but uh, you know, j- just the safety of that first round draft capital should be a help. Uh, who are you going with your next pick?
3: Okay, uh, next pick. What do we got? Two oh two. Let's go, Kelvin Harmon, um, wide receiver. I think, I think he's his stock has really deflated as time has gone on. I, he was thought to be with with this, you know, elite. You know, wide receiver, 2019 wide receiver class, and it just kind of—I mean, it's not like he even had a bad year. Uh, obviously, the ACC is the ACC; it's not anything to write home about. But um, you know, when you come out when you come out of your final year in college with 80 for 1,100, and what did he have? Six, seven, eight touchdowns? Seven touchdowns. Okay, that—I mean, you can't really complain about that. Yes, he doesn't—he's not you know the most explosive guy or or perfect at anything but he's the guy that I, I just think is a good football player and can do most everything. Well, he's not going to amaze you at anything, uh, which I've made the mistake before for docking guys by not being great at one thing. Um, it, it's he, he strikes me as somebody that's going to be a great NFL player, not a great NFL player, a very good NFL player. Um, and it may be that that doesn't translate to fantasy points, but I think we've seen him produce in college. We've seen him do it at, a, you know, a pretty, a pretty high level. And, I I think he's kind of being slept on a little bit. I I think the hype was warranted as we went through the whole, you know, the Debbie process and, and, you know, projecting out the 2019 wide receiver class to be this, you know, great thing. Obviously now it's turned into, well, it's, it's okay. Uh, And some people think it's like the worst class ever, which is just not true. But uh, I, I think, I think he'll end up doing more than than being the wide receiver five in this class, which I think is probably close to, you know, Market on on where he's currently going. So, uh, how do you feel about Kelvin Harmon?
1: I've been a Harman Harmon fan over the last few years. I, I do think that when you're analyzing Debbie, it's often hard to look at the counting stats as far as freshmen because they don't often get a ton of volume. So you can look a little bit more basic to the yards per catch. His freshman season, 17.1 yards per catch, a pretty good average along with 27 catches for 62, certainly not a bad freshman season. And then he had the big progression in year two, 69 catches for a and four touchdowns. So he's gotten better each year, year over year on the counting stats. And Yes, his draft suck may he may not have like blown up the combine, but he's six three two fourteen, And so I, I think he's going to be one of the better values at, at wide receiver. And I think that the fact that he's being separated from that, quote unquote, big four of Metcalf and Brown and uh, Harry and, and uh, Butler. I, yes, I think it's warranted. But I think that at the end of the day, when we talk in two, three years down the road, I think that he is closer to those four than he is not.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I I would even consider lumping him back in, uh, especially after we see what happens, because uh, he'll he'll most likely be a day two guy. Uh, we'll see where he goes, where he ends up. And I think he definitely, it, it's possible he even leapfrogs a couple of those guys, depending on the landing spot and how early he ends up going. I think he's probably interchangeable with Keem
1: Butler at this point. I think they're probably in the same boat. I, I think that you would think that. I don't think that the general consensus thinks that's close right now.
3: Yeah. And it's weird because, because the Hakeem Butler hype came on really, really hot, especially after the combine when this big dude all of a sudden put out these crazy numbers and that's all good and well, but you know, Harmon Harmon did it, you know, two years. I think what Butler did is did the one. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I no, so, think- and I,
1: I agree. honestly I agree. I think that when you look at the prospect profile, I do prefer Harmon's. But I think that if Butler goes, you know, significantly higher, around maybe around and a half higher than it, you kind of have to sh- shade toward Butler. But I do understand liking Harmon more than Butler.
3: Yeah, for sure. I that that whole group right now is just messy to me. Honestly, um, you know, Calvin Harmon could be Laquan Treadwell, or you know, he could he could you know, blow up. I I think, again, this is another one of those kind of lowish floors, highish ceilings type of guys, because he's a big, he's that, you know, team big wide receiver. I'm surprised there's not more love for him. So I don't know. We'll see kind of where it goes draft day. But I think, I think his arrows pointed up to be completely honest with you, especially based on current, current values.
1: All right, let's move on to our next pick with the 203 in the rookie mock matrix. I'm going to take the first quarterback off the board in this mock. I'm going to take Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is uh, being valued as a top two overall dynasty quarterback right now. And that's kind of why he's here. You know, he's a young quarterback who showed great promise in year one. He has tons of weapons. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, you know, Nick Chubb that Cleveland offense has all of the weapons to be very successful for a long time. And Mayfield is just at the center of it. Yes. It's a one QB league and yes, quarterbacks are devalued, but at a certain point you just have to say, I'm going to take the guy that I know that I I'm pretty sure is going to be putting up like top six quarterback numbers over the next five, six, seven years, maybe even longer than that. So big fan of, of Mayfield at this spot, you know, due to his talent as well as his surrounding pieces.
3: Yeah, I mean he's creeping up towards where Mahomes is. And we would be taking Mahomes before we took Baker here. So this is I, I think a nice cushy spot for Baker. Even like you said, it's it is one quarterback, but when you have those high end young guys, you know, and you can just plug that guy in for the long haul, that's that's kind of a nice move. Yes, it, it stings a little bit to to spend the, the draft capital when you could stream quarterback or do whatever you want to do. I just think I think Baker is that guy. I, I loved him coming into the league last year and, and he kind of proved all of, all of the people that loved him right. And all of the haters wrong. Obviously he was still just kind of a, you know, it's a limited amount of, of games, but he's, he's got it. You know, he's, he's a gamer. He's, he's a hell of a football player. So I think he maybe went a, a hair low. Uh, I think he belongs probably in this, in these first three picks of the second round, um, honestly, I probably would have taken him over Jacobs. I should have taken over Harmon, but you know,
1: my brain doesn't work all that well. All right. Uh, so next after Baker Mayfield, uh, who is your pick? Uh,
3: this is a guy who, again, pr- I probably should have taken earlier because I absolutely love him. Um, he's my RB two in this class. Uh, and if you don't re- recall from last episode, I took miles Sanders, uh, as my, first running back from this class but i've got to go with uh is it is it daryl or Durrell? we go daryl let's go with daryl henderson uh (laughs) running back out of memphis um it's hard to look past the counting stats which it's again it's not great to just be a box score scout but when you look down at numbers the man had 430 carries in his in his college career and he averaged over Yes, you heard me. Over eight yards per carry. That's stupid. You do not do that. Yes, he does play for Memphis in a whatever conference, the American Conference. It's you know not the greatest of competition, but anytime you can do that at a Division One level, it's special. He's he's a special running back. Um, his final year. 214 carries 1900 yards 22 touchdowns on the ground and he's shown to be capable not great but very capable at catching the ball and I think that can be worked into his game uh, I think I think that's one of those things you can learn at the next level you don't have to be great at it uh, obviously it helps to kind of have that basis of of you know a normal understanding but we see guys like Melvin Gordon now who people thought was going to be horrendous at catching the football and now look what he's doing in the league. So I think it can happen for just about anybody. Uh, but Henderson, Henderson's been kind of on the radar for a lot of people. I think midway through his sophomore year, he kind of started to turn some heads with some with some of those crazy numbers again. You know, he's averaged 8.9 yards per carry over the last two years. Uh, didn't have the huge touchdown numbers as a sophomore um, as he did as, as a junior, but it's hard to look past those numbers alone. Plus, you know, he's got, he's got a pretty darn good um, pro, athletic profile as well. So I, I, this is a guy I think is going to probably move up. I think the NFL is probably going to like him a little bit more than a lot of the dynasty community is. And it, it could end up being kind of one of those penny things where all of a sudden he skyrockets up because somebody sees a bell cow in him rather than a pass catcher like your Miles Sanders or your Josh Jacobs. And, and he could end up being the RB1 out of this class.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much been saying it from the jump, and it's a bit of a cop out from a you know scouting perspective, but I, I, I've said that the rookie draft ADP of running backs might just reflect where they win the NFL draft. If Daryl Henderson is the RB two, he might just be the RB two. If you know Miles Sanders is the RB one, he might be the RB one. In, the, in that case, I know you're not a big Jacobs fan. He'll, he's probably end up being the RB one. But for the most part, I think that if you were to put the guy where they went in the NFL draft, and I'm sure this is true for most years, but I think even more so for this year because there, it's so muddy. There's not a clear like top guy, and there, there's some decent depth. While, while next year is getting a lot of praise, you know, there's seven, eight, nine guys who can at least be committee backs in this class. And I do think Henderson is the one one, one of the few that has uh, lead back type potential.
3: Yeah, this is this has to just be like a a, like a wet dream for a good friend, Russell Clay, because he lives and dies by the, uh, the by the draft capital. And this class, like you just said, is literally going to be called by draft capital because everything is so close and so muddy. I mean, we just got to see where they go and and then go from there because it's so hard because everybody's relatively close. There's Like we th- we say, we the, the top end wide receivers and those first few running backs are all kind of in their own tier. We all kind of have the idea that those guys are going to be the guys and they're going to go probably the first few off the board, but then you're going to get some surprises. So you kind of have to keep an open mind with this class. And I think we see Daryl Henderson, uh, like I said before, turn some heads and, and move up those boards.
1: All right, with the next pick, I'm going to turn some heads because people are going to think, wait, what? This guy wasn't taken yet? I'm going to take Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons.
3: We didn't take Calvin Ridley yet?
1: We did not take Calvin Ridley yet. (laughs) Whoops! (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, Dan and I were not the biggest fans of Calvin Ridley entering the draft last year. I actually exited the draft as a huge Calvin Ridley fan because nobody adjusted for the fact that he was a first-round NFL draft wide receiver. And you know what that first-round capital did? It resulted in him getting tons of targets and tons of production in year one, which in direct – raised his value. Well, it hasn't actually skyrocketed because I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't think you can sell Ridley for much more than like a mid first. And that's basically where he was going in, in the draft. Maybe he's, I guess we'll, we'll it this way. He was going for a late first and he's probably w- worth like a mid first, a slight bump in value, even despite the fact that he had a very, very good productive rookie season. Um, but I'm taking Ridley here. I, I think that he's the safest of the available option. He's got the NFL production. He's got, you know, the opportunity to continue to be the wide receiver too in Atlanta on, on a team that should probably be pass heavy with Freeman, you know, being injured and you know not really uh, a trustworthy option right now. So, on a pass heavy offense and getting plenty of targets last year, I'm a big Ridley fan at this price tag.
3: Yeah, I was one of those idiots that didn't adjust to the uh, the first round draft capital, and I don't think he's the heir to the throne to Julio. I don't think you can expect that from him, but he's a hell of a wide receiver too in the NFL, and I think he fits that mold really, really nicely. And I don't think he could really be in much better of a spot. And then, like you said, with a pass happy team like the Falcons and, and Matt Ryan, and having Julio on the other side of the on the other side of the field to draw that interest and and get him a little bit of free run, you know, had a had a solid 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 rookie season, sixty plus catches, ten touchdowns. You really can't ask for much more than that. I think he's still kind of a value at this point. Um, I haven't been actively buying just because I think the guys that got him last year were the guys that were interested in him you know, pre-draft and, and pre-combine and all that stuff. So I think he's probably difficult to buy. Um, like you said, he was going mid-late first, and now he's probably worth the mid-ish first. And, you know, it, it, if you really want to take the dive and, and add a little bit to that, I think it's not a horrible move because I think he will be uh, a good producer for for the Falcons. You know, he's, he's still basically guaranteed there for another three years at the least, but got to imagine they're going to pick up that fifth-year option and he'll keep producing. Like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't love him, you know, the smaller frame and he didn't really look like he had the ability to get any bigger at any bulk, any size. But I think the size thing is, is kind of shifted. You know, we're seeing a lot more athletic guys, a lot more smaller guys being, being successful. You know, it, it was that notion before that you had to be a certain weight, a certain size, certain height to be super successful in the NFL. And, and we've kind of broken that mold over the last four, five, six years. So I think really fits nicely into the new NFL, if you want to call it that. And, um, yeah, I, I can't believe we didn't pick him yet. That's
1: that's, that's funny. Your, your point on the smaller wire receivers is funny because we've gotten to the point that small wire receivers have been so successful. People are looking at these 6'3", 210 power receivers like, Ew, they don't make they don't have separation. <laughs> well, guess what? You don't need separation when you're a monster who can, you know, catch balls in people's faces. So don't hate on big wire receivers just because small wire receivers are be good. But not that anyone is really saying, Oh, you over big wire receivers, but people have been saying, Well, do you really need to be big a big wire receiver anymore? Which is not what you don't, but it's still better to be big than small
3: you have to take the player for what the player is you can't expect them to do something you can't you can't expect antonio brown to do the things that des bryant was doing because those are two completely different players different sizes different you know everything uh and you can't expect calvin Ridley really to do what julio jones is doing so yeah that was that was a nice pick I, i'm i'm still kind of shocked that we both forgot well maybe maybe he isn't that much different of a value from there there's maybe a few spots up i could see where i would take him but He's pretty close to the guy that I'm taking right after him here. My next pick is Christian Kirk, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals. Potentially the heir to the throne for Larry Fitzgerald, at least in that slot position, because Kirk looked freaking good last year before the injury, and he was one of those guys that I just kind of saw as Jarvis Landry, uh, which, again, I loved Jarvis Landry. I probably should have liked Christian Kirk a lot more than I did. and. You know, he only got to play, what, 10, 12 games, but looked good and saw a little bit of, you know, struggles. Obviously, Rosen was, was still kind of learning the ropes and and whoever else was in there. It was kind of a tough year for for the Cardinals just in general. But I think this year, especially if they go Kyler and, and maybe move Rosen or even if they keep Rosen, and let him grow. I think we see Kirk can kind of continue what he started with uh, as a as a rookie in the NFL and yeah, I, I, this is another one of those um, guys I missed on last year because I got infatuated with some other folks in the top end of that draft. And, you know, he, he, it's hard to beat the the floor. He was he was honestly one of those guys that I kind of ranked at his floor, and his floor and his ceiling probably were pretty darn close, just like how your Jarvis Landrys or your Sterling Shepherds or, or those types of guys are. So um, I'm fully admitting that I, I missed on that one. Uh, even though I wasn't like way off as far as valuation, I just didn't think I didn't think he was going to be a big producer, and I think he's due for a really nice twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, if you have caught Kingsbury fever, I think that whether it's Josh Rosen or Kyler Murray, I think that the number one benefactor is Christian Kirk. I don't think that they'll invest too early at the receiver position. They might maybe invest at tight end if an Irv Smith falls to them in the second round. But I, I do think that they're going to invest elsewhere in the defense, the offensive line, the offensive line, the offensive line. Oh, did I mention the offensive line for the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals?
3: Wait, do um, they have a bad offensive line?
1: Just, just, just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. All right, let's move on to another team slash player that has a bad offensive line. And that is Rashad Penny of the Seattle Seahawks. He's my next pick. Uh, You know, he was a top five pick in rookie drafts last year after being selected in the first round of the NFL draft by the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of played second fiddle to Chris Carson. Showed some flashes when Carson got hurt. But it didn't seem that he earned the trust of Pete Carroll quite yet. Which, honestly, I I was surprised when Pete Pete Carroll survived, you know, uh, Black Monday. A bit disappointed that Pete Carroll survived Black Monday. But regardless, I, I do think that Rashad Penny, he's going to get a second chance in year two. He's going to, you know, get the opportunity to show that he is the running back that was worth taking in the first round of the NFL draft. He still was a very, very good NFL prospect that was putting up similar numbers to what Daryl Henderson was putting up in college at the, you know, the below uh, power five college level. So I'm a fan of Penny. I think he gets the opportunity uh, this year that he he probably has one of the lower floors of guys we'll take in this draft. But I do think the upside is near the top as well.
3: Yeah, Penny's one of those guys I switched on last year uh, going through the, um, I guess, scouting process, if you want to call it that, watching watching tape on a lot of guys and and kind of going through and first checking, you know, check the box scores and look at all the stats and see the numbers and wow, great, great rusher, but where's all this passing work? And, you know, he's a liability in, in the passing game, at least from a blocking perspective. I think, I think he can catch. I think he's mediocre or probably below average at it but he is an elite pure runner as just in the sense of the word running back. If you need him to run the ball exclusively, uh, there wasn't one better in, in the class last year, aside from Saquon. I mean, he, he's so fluid and he does everything so well in that aspect of the game that it was really, really hard to watch them continue to pound Chris Carson over and over and over and over again. And, I don't think Chris Carson's a bad player, but when you invest the first round at a position like running back, you need to get those guys' touches. Yes, they don't have an offensive line, and no, Rashad Penny cannot block. So I understand from that aspect of not wanting to get him in the game because Russell Wilson probably would have gotten killed. But, I mean, he's too good to not play, and and he's a guy that I've been buying up wherever I can. Because I do think that 2019 is is going to be much more lucrative for him, and I think he he kind of turns it on a little bit. It, I, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a fall in love at, at watching him run the ball, and it's it sucks because I'm I'm like the PPR guy that really targets the the running backs that catch balls, and and that's not something he's probably ever going to do, at least at a high level. he might catch you know a, a few, but he's not. Ne- that's never going to be his game. His game is a two down back but he's very, very good at it. We just need to get him the ball.
1: Agreed. Who is your next selection?
3: Next one, um, probably we can lump in with the Calvin Ridley and the Christian Kirk pick. I think I have these guys all pretty darn close, and that is going to be San Francisco 49er wide receiver Dante Pettis has been slowly sliding up those ranks and and uh, moving up adp ever so slightly people people kind of forget about him um no he didn't have all that great of a year last year he basically played the games and did what christian kirk did and the hype kind of stuck with christian kirk and dante pettis just kind of fell by the wayside at least from you know name value he's in a really great spot he's he's in a kyle shanahan offense with a quarterback that we all think is probably going to be pretty good, especially in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So you add those two things together and you throw in Dante Pettis, who really has zero competition for any sort of work other than the running backs right now. Obviously uh, they're probably pretty likely to go after at least one wide receiver in the draft. And, you know, that that'll probably take a little bit of the work, but I think Dante Pettis has a really high ceiling and we just need him to stay healthy. Um, it's, it's, you know, we, a lot of people like to say, oh, coaching doesn't matter scheme, you know, whatever this, that I think being in that offense is, I mean, right up there, probably top five as, as far as, uh, fantasy producers, whether it's running back or wide receiver, uh, at least the running back one or the wide receiver one being in that offense is, is going to get fantasy points. It's just no way around it. We watched what the Falcons did when Shanahan was there. I mean, they exploded. Now, obviously, that's potentially an outlier. But basically, every time he's touched an offense, it's turned to gold. So I think we see a, a you know a real breakout this year from Dante Pettis.
1: Yeah, and I think that if there hadn't been an injury, we would, could have seen that breakout in year one. In the first six weeks of the season, he only had three catches. But after that, he had four catches four catches five catches three catches five catches three catches so three or more catches in every game five or more targets in every game and then he gets hurt so he was getting the volume he was he was doing something with the volume a- averaging 17.3 yards per catch on the year literally it was only a matter of time i mean generally actually the fantasy community did start to catch on especially after the 5 for 129 game against seattle but I think that his hype. I'm, I'm guessing he's probably going like the fifth, sixth round of startups right now. I think that if he had continued on playing through through the end of the year, he could have landed in that like late third, early fourth. Granted, I would have probably said he's overvalued at that price, but he could have landed at that price point had he continued that that rookie production that he was putting up.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I, I, like you mentioned, the Seattle game that was that was kind of his breakout, and yes, that was a little bit of an outlier game last year for him but that just gives you a little bit of what he can do. I mean, he's he's a heck of a football player and and I think we see the volume, you know, go up even from those last, you know, six games or so um, where he was getting the targets and he was getting the catches and he was getting the yards going and and even getting a few touchdowns in there. I, I think I think we see the volume stick if not gr- if not gain a little bit and um hopefully whoever they bring in for, through the draft isn't isn't an immediate you know, issue for the wide receiver one spot there. Hopefully they bring in a wide receiver two type or maybe even a slot type guy. But yeah, you know, it's it's hard to deny the the potential that is with Dante Pettis, especially at this point in our little uh, rookie matrix. We're kind of beyond the, you know, high, high upside, high floor type guys that we kind of assume are going to continue to score points or at least maintain value. Uh, Dante Pettis is one of those guys where if he doesn't produce right away, he could literally fall off the face of the planet just just because that's how Dynasty players a lot of times are. They they like to react and they like to overreact.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our next pick. I'm going to pick a guy who if you'd have told me this is where he would go this time last year, I would have said, you're wrong. David Montgomery. Uh, Many people had him as the RB1 in the 2019 class this time a year ago. Granted, people kind of recognize that it was a weaker top of the class, but still they had David Montgomery as the RB1 this time last year. And even as as late as January, I I think that the combine did not do David Montgomery any favors. Much of big draft hasn't mocked him into going into the first round or even maybe even the second round. So that's hurt him as well. So in, in the end draft capital might be what pushes him out of the top four, top five running backs. But, you know, he he was a workhorse over in at Iowa State He over the last two years, 1,146 yards, 11 touchdowns in, as a sophomore, 216 yards, 13 touchdowns as a uh, junior. So, you know, he, he's the type of guy, 5'11", 216. you just give this guy the rock, you know, 20, 25 times a game, and he's going to give you, you know, what you need. Not that a too explosive Only only had 4.4 and 4.7 yards per carry. But, you know, he had like – he broke all of like the elusiveness ratings – uh, on PFF, which if you value that type of stuff, then David Montgomery is your type of player.
3: Yeah, that, I mean, that's all absolutely important. They, I mean, they wouldn't be putting it out there if it wasn't important. You know, the the numbers are are strong. He's a volume back. Um, you know, not not my favorite thing to see him only averaging like four yards or four and a half in college. That's, that's one that I struggle a little bit, especially when we were just talking about somebody who was averaging over eight. Um, but uh, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean Montgomery's a guy that that everyone is projecting really, really highly, and you know he's not he's not that super athletic back. He's not that guy. He's he's your he's your big thumper type, if you want to call it that. But he, he does have that elusiveness, which is really really important. So he's going to be able to break those tackles. He's gonna be able to shake folks. He's he's going to be able to to kind of do everything that a running back in the NFL should. Now, do I think he's going to be the bell cow type? No, I don't. I think I think again. This is one of those guys that is a capable, not great pass catcher, but he didn't get a ton of that work at, at Iowa State, and you know, it's and, and maybe he didn't get the work because he wasn't the best at it. I mean, they would know better than we would at this point, um, but the future will tell us where he's going to go from there. Uh, I just, for me, he seems more of that short term production type guy that you know we, we always talk about windows and dynasty and he really seems like he'd be kind of that three to five year window type of guy that shorter kind of not like not to like comp him to eddie lacy but i kind of get that vibe you know where he should be stronger and should be getting more value but potential to flame out I guess I, I don't know uh, I think he can be good I don't think he'll ever be great uh, I think the the hype was definitely there but I think he kind of plateaued if not maybe maybe went down just a little bit I, I don't know I, I didn't see him get better after his sophomore year I just saw kind of the same guy
1: already let's move on to our next pick
3: sure next pick one of my uh, favorites from last year James Washington, Pittsburgh Steelers. We see Antonio Brown exit, and here's the opportunity for James Washington. And then they go and, and do something stupid like draft a wide receiver way too high or sign somebody that they shouldn't sign. Dante Moncrief. Yeah. You know what? You calm down. (laughs) (laughs) That's a one year. That's a one year contract. I'm not too worried about that. Um, But James Washington coming out, uh, Oklahoma state. I, I really liked him coming in. I wasn't like the highest on him, but I did like him. I thought he brought a lot to the table. And then the landing spot did a lot for me. And uh, I I moved him on my board because of the Pittsburgh landing spot. And now with Antonio Brown being gone and Juju being the one there. And yes, they do bring in Moncrief, who is on that one year, um, has the potential for a nice season. But we've seen the Steelers, you know, hold up at least two wide receivers throughout the year. And I think I think they get Washington more involved this year. Uh I, I it'll be interesting to see what they do with Juju, whether they keep him inside where he absolutely thrives. I think he can work just fine outside, uh, especially if they just want to take away a number one defender. But that's going to mean bad things for Juju most likely. So Washington's an outside guy. I, I think I think we see him work best out there. I think I'd love having Juju inside, but that's kind of what Moncrief is is bested as well is kind of working from from the inside. So I don't know this one's this one's one where it's kind of me holding on hope for possibly a little bit too long. Um, but I do think that he has a nice, not great twenty nineteen. I think twenty twenty could be his true breakout year. So if you were in um, if you were looking to buy James Washington, I would wait until Dante Moncrief starts stealing targets and hasn't have a, has a few good games, and then go buy James Washington because he's probably going to still be a little bit too spendy, um, probably going to draw an an early second, maybe a late first, depending on the owner, depending on the league. And you could probably get him for a mid-second or late second if Moncrief starts to take over a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure about the whole waiting until next year thing to to buy him because I do think that At the very least, he'll show some flashes this year. And if they don't invest in the position, and if it's just Moncrief and Juju and James Washington, I think that we'll see the, you know, oh, I remember when year three was the breakout year for wide receivers. And I think that the hype, but there really wasn't a sophomore hype that you traditionally see with James Washington, even with, maybe maybe it's just because there was so much news coming out of Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell that people just kind of forgot about James Washington, but you'd think with those circumstances of losing all those targets from Brown, and maybe, maybe he was just that bad in his rookie year. But traditionally, a, a player in Washington's position would be gaining a lot of value, and I haven't really seen that yet.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think I think people are gun shy. I think it's it's go balls to the wall for Juju and see what Pittsburgh does in the draft because this is a team that I mean, you know, annually, annually brings in a new wide receiver. And they're good at it. They've proven that they're good at it. So uh, there's probably that that perception that they're going to get someone, whether it's a third-round pick or a sixth-round pick, whatever it happens to be, they're going to draft the wide receiver that's going to immediately become relevant from a value perspective because of the landing spot and because of what Pittsburgh's been able to do. And I can see people being slightly worried about James Washington from, from that because he didn't get the run last year. Um, but again, it was still the Juju and AB world and they even decided to throw to some other polished turds throughout the, the season instead of James Washington. And, and we heard about some things from camp and from practice, but it's just been being a giant D-bag. You know, and, that, and now you have Antonio Brown exiting. You have Le'Veon Bell, who wasn't there last year, but fully exiting now. There's just so much potential that it's, it's honestly it, – it's kind of a low risk buy because of what you're giving up and the potential of what it could be. But at the same time, if you don't want to burn a second to, you know, to something that's good, it should, might just fail. Um, I can understand that as well.
1: Yes, it's a low risk buy from a value perspective, but it's a high risk buy from a perspective of right. you might just be getting nothing out of it. Right. All right, let's move on to our next pick. And I'll just say to preface this pick. With so many many of the running backs and wide receivers falling out of the first round, people having one, two wide receivers going in the first round, maybe one running back going in the first round, that's not a good thing for Mr. Draft Capital, Nathan Powell. So I'm going to go to a tight end that's projected to go in the first round, who I'll end up with on a lot of rosters if that comes to fruition, where no no wide receivers go in the first. And there's going to be Noah Fant. Noah Fant is the receiving option out of the top two tight ends, and the guy who... Yes, it's it's nice to have a tight end who block, but I I think that in today's NFL you don't necessarily need to have that. And so, while Noah Fant will develop his run and pass, or more so run blocking uh, in his rookie season, I do think that he'll have you know some some good success as a rookie uh, with production relative to past years rookies.
3: Yeah, I think I think Fant's the guy that's really had all of the hype building, and and we've seen him go in Debbie drafts and and he's kind of been that that athletic, pass-catching, you know, he's been that guy that, the. this is kind of the same discussion we had a couple of years ago when it was O.J. Howard and David Njoku and Evan Ingram, you had a couple of guys that were super high ceiling, decent floors, and then you had the all-around player in O.J. Howard. Now, I don't see that with Fant, but I do see the high-end athlete, the explosive playmaker. I. Think he he very well could become a George Kittle or a, a Travis Kelsey. He can be that guy because he is so explosive. He's got the side. He's got this. He's got the size. He got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. That I mean, he's kind of got everything working in his favor aside from really high end production. And a lot of times with tight ends coming into the league, they're not going to have that high end production because a lot of colleges don't use tight ends that well.
1: Um, Not even the ones that produce many NFL tight ends, (laughs)
3: right? It's, you know, tight end production in in college football is just kind of non-existent. So yeah, I I love fan. I I think, I think he could be something super, super special. He's my tight end one. I think he's a lot of people's tight end ones, but the other guy on that football team is, uh, is kind of flying up some boards too. I think.
1: Would you be uh, foreshadowing something?
3: I don't know. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about no fan? Nope. I'm good. Oh, well then. Yes, I was foreshadowing. Uh, My final pick of this uh, wonderful rookie matrix is going to be my tight end too, which is TJ Hawkinson. uh, A guy that like I mentioned just a little bit ago reminds me of the OJ Howard year because he does the things a lot like what OJ Howard does. Now I think OJ Howard was a slightly better athlete uh, I can't recall off the top of my head what he did at the combine, but Hawkinson had a great combine as well. You know, the 40 was, I, I don't want to call it sluggish because 4-7 for somebody that's <laughs> 6'5", 250 is uh, honestly impressive. And then that just creates an unbelievable, you know, unbelievable scores from, from that weight and speed perspective. So I think Hawkinson is the best all-around tight end. In this class, um, and I don't think that's necessarily close, but I don't think he has quite the upside that Fant has. Yes, he did outproduce Fant last year, but it's, you know, it was kind of, I feel like it was more of the safety valve type. I just really like what he brings to the table. That's that's a guy that's not going to be taken off the field for whoever drafts him. Uh, I've seen mocks, and yes, they are just mocks, but I've seen him going top five all the way to like 15. I don't really think he gets past that point. Uh, I, I think I think he's going to be a hot commodity come draft day. Now, I don't necessarily think anyone's going to be trading up for the tight end position, but I don't see him making it. I don't, I don't see him making it to, say, the Vikings at 18. Uh, I think he goes a decent amount before that. And I think you have yourselves a really, really good NFL player. But again, the conversation becomes him being on the field doesn't necessarily translate to fantasy points. It translates to a great football player, not necessarily a great fantasy asset.
1: Yeah, I'm on board with Hawkinson too. Like I said, that these tight ends might become more attractive as the running backs and receivers fall further down the NFL draft board. So if Hawkinson ends up going top eight, top 12, that'll certainly be an attractive option in the mid-first. Of dynasty rookie drafts. So, just to wrap up our dynasty rookie mock matrix, last week we had Saquon, DJ Moore, Nikhil Harry, Nick Chubb, Darius Geis, Carry On Johnson, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, sony Michelle, Cortland Sutton, Hakeem Butler, Miles Sanders. And this week 201 Josh Jacobs, 202 Kelvin Harmon, 203 Baker Mayfield. 204, Daryl Henderson, 205, Calvin Ridley, 206, uh, Christian Kirk, 207, Rashad Penny, 208, Dante Pettis, 209, David Montgomery, 210, James Washington, and 211, Noah Fant, 212, TJ Hopkinson. There you go. That's how I read 24 names really fast with some numbers.
3: (laughs) Um, Really quick brain exercise. If you had to give a best player available at this point, not necessarily who you would take next, but maybe someone in that ballpark whether it be from the last class or this class, who would you be thinking about in this next spot?
1: Ooh, um, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who it would be. Uh, I, I think that Kyler would be in the in the discussion, and I, I think Darnold would be in this one uh, that would be in the discussion. But I, th- I'm, I feel like I'm probably just forgetting somebody. Um, is there someone that's come to your mind? Yeah, Kyler.
3: Kyler was going to be my mention. I. I think, uh, I think he could potentially be up to where Baker is, depending on if he does go to Arizona and gets. Into I mean, not,
1: not immediately. Offense. I don't think he can jump all. Not off- immediately. No, 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 no,
3: no. Right. After year one, I think, I think he legitimately could be up in that in that class if we see him explode like many thinks, think he will. The haters think he's too small or whatever. Um, I mean, he's just a hell of an athlete and a great football player. So I think he would be possibly my my best available right there because yes this was considered a one quarterback mock but quarterbacks score a lot of points and for being i I think unanimously the the quarterback one in in this class um it's hard to look past that especially with the rushing upside now haskins might be the better pocket quarterback but he's not gonna have that rushing upside kyler is just, just like your bakers, your Deshaun Watsons, you know those types of guys. Not, not quite the rushing upside of basically, you know, the glorified running backs in Lamar Jackson, but I, I think he can be. I think he can be up there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm one that really dislikes comping players, but uh, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for us to see another, uh, the second coming of Russell Wilson here.
1: Ooh, that's a hot. Take to end the show, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Oh, this kind of reminds me – or not reminds me, but uh, this brings up uh, the Oklahoma University Twitter account um, sent out a video where it was like Dak Prescott sending out a a message to uh, Kyler Murray. For some reason, he was like, Kyler Murray, you can be just like me. We were doubted, and now we're going to be really good. Hey, Dak Prescott, uh, (laughs) one day you still can't be as good as Kyler Murray. (laughs) One like, day, Dak didn't even go to Oklahoma, so I don't even understand the point of that video.
3: Yeah, that's that. It's the it's the Cowboys to Sooners like relationship thing. It's it's always been a weird one, especially when you talk about somebody that wasn't a first round or a second round pick. Uh, and <laughs> Dak Prescott, you could you could be me. Uh, it's you got that you got that flip there, but and I love Dak Prescott, but yeah,
1: no, uh. Uh-uh. All righty, that'll wrap up the show for today. Make sure you leave us a rating and a review. Make sure to leave a review saying how great Justin's doing with editing on his first two episodes, doing a great job, I assume. He hasn't edited this podcast because I'm still currently talking. But, <laughs> you know, he's doing a great job. Um, and just to give, give the kids a little teaser, uh, we have our biggest guest in Trade cast history next week, Monday, NFL Draft, after the NFL Draft. Huge week. We got a huge guest. We'll see you guys next week.
3: It's going to be a fun one, kids. Bye-bye.
2: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends. Whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go
2: the extra mile for you.